And then ultimately what it morphed into for me too was just a journey of me unpacking what my experience was like. And I didn't realize at first how important that would be, but it's ultimately it's made me kind of just stand stronger, stand taller in a lot of aspects of my life just by doing that self excavation. And so really I think progress report stands as, as exactly that. It's a snapshot of, of where I am after taking some time to reflect on where I've been and what's propelled me to this point and then a little bit of what I'm hoping to do in the future. Welcome home, family. Tuning in to the Bondcast, where we elevate the voices of men of color in education and the things that matter to them. I'm your host, Damon Harris, and I'm the co-director of the Building Our Network of Diversity, or Bond Project. You can find out more about the Bond Project, including our blog, professional learning videos, and podcast at bondeducators.org online or at bondeducators on social media. On this episode, we're talking with artist and educator, Mr. Corey Carter, about how his new album, The Progress Report, both empowers and informs audiences of all kinds. He's a former teacher of the year and a talented musical performer who has a lot to share. So pull up a seat and rock with us for a little bit as he pushes our thinking and encourages our Mr. Carter, thank you for coming through. Thanks for having me. We, we appreciate you, man. I, I've heard some of your music. I know I've I made sure when I was hosting the radio show uh, a, a couple of months ago, you know, earlier in 2022, and made sure we, we got your music in there too, man. You're a real talented cat, man. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, sir. Me too. I mean, I, I appreciate the support and I appreciate all the work that y'all do with Bond. And so it's just great to be, you know, in community with folks like yourself. And it, it like they say, iron sharpens iron. No doubt. No doubt. And so let me read the bio, your bio for the, for the audience so that they get a sense of who you are. Well, Mr. Carter, a.k.a. Corey Carter, is the father of three with his partner, Brittany, an educator and an artist. He is the assistant director of the Sherman Scholars Program at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And when he's not supporting teacher candidates or early career alumni, he produces music to elevate listeners' consciousness about educational, social, and cultural issues. His latest project, Progress Report, will be released on November 1st on all major streaming platforms. All right, man, let's get to this. The question I ask all of our guests to start off is, I want to know your origin story. How did you get into education and what led you to this point in your career? Yes, thank you. That's such an important question. I think particularly as it relates to your work with Bond and just how y'all support other educators of color. Just looking back on my journey, I didn't always see myself as an educator or I didn't always feel called or, or maybe I didn't always feel like I could answer the calling to teach. And so it kind of started, my journey kind of started in high school. I had a, a best friend and we were going into, I was going into 10th grade. He was going into ninth grade and, um, or no, I was going into junior year. He was going into sophomore year. And he was like, what are you doing for the summer, man? We need to get some jobs. And so he went out and got a job. No, he went out and applied for a job at Score Center, which is like a tutoring motivational company for like elementary and middle school kids. And he's like, man, you should apply to the same job. So that way we can like, you know, we got the same job. We can carpool. We can just hang out and just have a good time. And so I went and applied for the job. 
I actually ended up getting the job. He unfortunately did not get the job, but you know, I, I didn't really, I applied because he was like, yo, we, let's, let's get this job so we can get some money. And, and, you know, and it sounds like it's a good place to work. I ended up falling in love with, with the work at Core Center, just motivating students and supporting them through like a computer-based curriculum. But they had some things there where we did like celebrations. We would celebrate when they reached certain milestones. And so it was just, it was something that was totally different for me. I, I never really thought of myself as a, as a outgoing person or an extrovert. And so it kind of challenged me in ways that I thought were really refreshing and, and exciting, right? Like when something really scares you, but then you find out that you can do it and you can be good at it. That was like my first taste of that bug that they talk about. And so kind of fast forward to, to college, I was fortunately, you know, accepted into college on a, on a scholarship. So the Meyerhoff Scholarship Program at UMBC, the mission is to prepare PhDs in STEM fields. And so, you know, I said, I love biology, I love science, and I want to pursue a PhD. And by my sophomore year, again, something about sophomore year, by my sophomore year of college, I was hitting, I was hitting some walls. I was struggling in some of my courses. I had to retake a few, and I was really kind of going through an identity crisis in some ways because I, was, I had an idea of who I was supposed to be based on my relationship with science up to that point. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm good at science, so that means I should be a researcher. And I think what was missing was I was not paying attention to data that was kind of compiling all along. So I knew that I loved working at the score center, and I also knew that all throughout college I was picking up different volunteer jobs. I was tutoring at a library. I was working with other students in biology classes. So, you know, education was always there. And fortunately, there were, there were enough people in my life who could kind of hold up those examples when I was really going through this, this crisis in, in my sophomore year of college, where they said, so why haven't you considered teaching? And that kind of came to a head for me. I met Rehana Shafi, who would end up being one of my mentors. And she said, well, let's put it to a test. Let's do, you know, apply to this summer school program, enrichment program called Freedom School. And, you know, it will be a classroom, but it'll be a smaller group that you're working with. And you get to work with students who are going into ninth grade and try to help them fall in love with reading. So part of the training for Freedom School is you go to Tennessee. When I got out to Tennessee, they lit the fire. I mean, it was from then on. You know, once I met the kids and we started working through reading and just everything, the connections and relationships we built really just kind of lit a fire in me that culminated all those other experiences and really helped me connect with my passion and what I came to know as my purpose. And that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. Got you. And we, I didn't talk about this much in the bio, man, but you were teacher of the year in your district at one point, weren't you? Yes, sir. Yes. So I was honored as the 2016, 2017 teacher of the year for Baltimore County. Tremendous honor. It was, you know, one of the highlights of my career, not, you know, and, and it sounds like it's an individual accolade, but I think for me, what meant so much about it was that, that I knew that it was a result of the support that I had, the community that existed at my school, the, the love and inspiration that I took from my students and just all of those things. So like, you know, when, when I received that award, 
for me, it felt like I was taking something back to the community of, of Old Court Middle School. It felt like a win for, you know, for the home team. It meant a lot for me as an individual, but it really meant something to go to school the next day and look at those students in my homeroom class and just to, to see the joy and pride, you know, to see the the black boys that surrounded me in the hallway and said, Mr. Carter, I saw you on the screen. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know you could be up there like that. I didn't know that we would win. And so those moments really just stick with me and they mean a lot. So yeah, that was a tremendous honor. And I, I think about now to your day job where you, you found, you came full circle at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and you are now supporting aspiring teachers and early career teachers in the work that you're doing with the Sherman Scholars Program. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's an honor to serve and it's, it's, you know, I see it as part of my duty, part of the mission of the program. You know, we talk about giving back and helping our, our fellow Sherman. That's what we call the other folks in, in the Sherman Scholarship Program. And that was the scholarship program at UMBC that, that helped me work my way towards teaching. So, you know, it was great, like you said, to come full circle and come back to support those folks. And, you know, I, in some ways, the Teacher of the Year Award really caused me to look deeper at what do I want my next step of my legacy to be because, you know, when you win the award, they ask you what your platform is. What What is your speaking platform? What is your your energy that you're going to move with in your year of service with this recognition? And so as I was trying to refine my mission, I kind of landed on some things that really caused me to look deeper inward and say, so what have I done to this point? How can I continue to grow? And what's what's my mark? Like, what am I going to do to impact and to move and to make things better for the next group? And so, you know, when the call came to help serve the next generation of of teachers at UMBC coming out of UMBC, you know, it wasn't it wasn't hard for me to to take up that responsibility. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And now you are also sort of setting the example with your creative choices, man. And you are doing the, the music thing now, being a, a rapper, a writer, a producer. And the, the album that drops today, you know, November 1st, when this podcast drops, your album drops on the same day, it's called Progress Report. But what, what is the Progress Report? I think in some ways, I mean, titles are so important, right? Names are important as we, when we get to name our children or when we name different things. So I think a creative project, the name is really important too. So number one, you know, if you think about progress support in schools, that's how you communicate with the community or specifically with parents, but it's how you communicate with the community, how folks are doing, what's going on in the classroom. What are the areas where we're being successful and where are the areas that we need some further support? And so I talked about earning Teacher of the Year or being recognized as Teacher of the Year and how that kind of forced me to pick a platform. And part of what I recognized was there's, there's not enough teachers that look like me. And I know that because I remember being in elementary school and wondering, like, okay, I, I know my dad is on the PTA and I know Mr. Darrell, who helps in the cafeteria, but where the where are the teachers that look like me? And then I got to middle school and I met one, Mr. Glassy, but it just wasn't enough. I was like, man, I, I love Mr. Glassy. I love his class. I love what he's doing, but I need more. I need more representation. Like where, you know, where am I represented? So 
as I kind of was pouring into data that year, uh, 2016, there was a lot of research being produced. I was seeing some documentaries. I was, I was seeing work from folks like Bond. And so I was wondering, how else is this conversation being pushed forward? And where, where does my voice fit in? Because part of what drew me to the name Progress Report was, you know, we need to talk about where things stand with the state of education, with being a black man in the classroom, and just with society at large. And so part of the project is addressing that. And then ultimately what it morphed into for me, too, was just a journey of me unpacking what my experience was like. And I didn't realize at first how important that would be. But it's ultimately, it's made me kind of just stand stronger, stand taller in a lot of aspects of my life just by doing that self-excavation. And so really, I think Progress Report stands as, as exactly that. It's a snapshot of, of where I am after taking some time to reflect on where I've been and what's propelled me to this point and then a little bit of what I'm hoping to do in the future. Makes sense, man. And I know beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And but you have some things in mind when you're when you're producing your your product, man, your your artistic product, then you put it out into the world and then people interpret it as they as they feel fit. But what do you in your mind, what do you want listeners to experience through through this album? Like what like what impact do you hope to have? So thank you for that question. There's a quote, I think it's from Zornell Hurston. But just talks about like if there's a story in your spirit, you have to you have to get it out. Like it's your duty, right? If you've been gifted with a story or uh, a message, then you you have to capture it and and share it with the world. And so part of that experience that I hope that listeners get is I hope that it helps just expand folks' understanding of of what an educator goes through, what calls them to the classroom, what keeps them in the classroom, what challenges them. And then also like specifically the racialized experience as, as a racialized and, gen- and gendered experience as a black man in the classroom, because I think we can't really hold the conversation of how do we support and retain black men in teaching if we don't understand what that experience is like as a stand. So I hope that this touches on some aspects of that for folks, whether it's you know, affirming or speaking to other black men in the classroom who could say, you know, I relate with that, or maybe I've never experienced that. That's different for me. Or even folks who, you know, occupy different bodies and they could say it's it's helpful to hear the experience of someone else in this body. Not that I'm trying to be speaking for everyone because we're not a monolith. But I also hope that, you know, by telling my story, I'm encouraging others to share theirs as well as peeking the curiosity of folks that they seek understanding, seek to better understand folks that are different from them. No doubt. And I just looked up the Zora Neale Hurston quote and you were, you were on. So it was her. She said, okay. there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside you. Yes. There you go. You were right on with that. And so if I could just add real quick, um, there were times where I put the pen down for a little bit. This album took me a, a long time and there were times where through frustration or just through like having other responsibilities, I had to step away. But, you know, the essence of that quote really drove me back each time because, you know, I was like, the work's not done. 
And two things that I know. One thing is, if somebody else drops this album that I was supposed to drop, I will never forgive myself. That'll be very hard to come to get past. And then the other thing was, is, you know, I set out to do this, so I got to finish. Yo, I'm experiencing that same, those same types of thoughts, man, with book I'm trying to write. <laughs> like, yo, these there people writing books, putting out stuff in the similar, similar lane, man. Like, yo, I should have had my book out already. Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I'm assuming that hip hop was played a big role in, in your life coming up. But I, I imagine it also because you didn't stop being a hip hop fan when you when you became a teacher. So how how has hip hop played a role in your experience as an educator? I think in some ways, hip hop helped me construct my identity as an educator. It also helped me kind of reinvent myself because you know while we tell the story about like me being recognized as teacher of the year, I also was a teacher who's contract was terminated. So, you know, after my first three years, I was fired from the school district. And yeah. And so, you know, part of that story means that you, I mean, you can take your pick. Like you got started from the bottom. Now we're here. Right. Uh, You got tracks like grinding. You got all kinds of things about like kind of facing defeat and really seeking to understand okay, but what does this mean for me? And what will it mean for me? Because I had no idea in 2012, 2013, whatever it was, I had no idea what, what else might be coming for me. But I knew in that moment that I didn't like how it felt to be told, you know, you, you really know your content, but maybe working with kids is just not what you're meant to do. Like, I knew how that felt. And so there's something about hip-hop that says, like, you don't determine, you know, you don't determine where I'm going. You don't determine my trajectory, right? There's a part of hip hop that says I have a chip on my, on my shoulder and I have something to prove. There's a part of hip hop that says I believe in the cipher and we get in a circle and we can create, we can be inventive. So that part of tapping into community. And then there's a part of hip hop that says like my creativity is boundless. So Whatever challenges and constraints may come, there's an answer to it. We'll puzzle and piece it together and we'll figure it out, but there is an answer to it. And so I think some of those things helped me construct my initial identity, but ultimately helped me reconstruct and and get back to standing up as an educator. And then and then there's just examples from the day-to-day classroom. Like I remember in my student teaching internship my mentor teacher had a little rhyme that she said to try and help the kids tell the difference between like independent and dependent variables. And I took it and I flipped it into like a bar because she had a rhyme, but I just, I wanted to like extend it a little bit, but I didn't share it because I was too shy to share it. When I got to my own classroom, I turned it into like, uh, it was like an eight bar song. And I just had the kids by the end of the day, they were chanting that thing. Like they, boosted me up so much, but they also felt, I think, really, just really affirmed that, hey, this material can can speak to me in a different way. It's not just in a textbook or something wrote memorization that I have to repeat. Like, you really put that to something that speaks to me in a way that I'm I'm passionate about, right? And then how that spiraled into having, there were, I think it started with three boys. It was Desmond, Blake, and Ronaldo. 
came after school and said, we need to start, how can we start like a rap club? We want to, we want to start sharing some of our stuff. And, you know, and that spiraled again, you know, at, at my next school, starting another lyricist club. So it's been, I'd say explicitly and implicitly or, or, you know, on a surface level and on a deeper level, it's, it's been a part of my educator journey this whole time. For sure. Yeah, man. And, and just thinking about you being teacher of the year, but being a teacher who was terminated, being the director of a university program, the, the writer, rapper, producer, like it's a lot that you got going on that you have a, definitely have a story to tell like all of us. But you seem to have found your outlet for that. What, what advice do you have for other people who have those stories that they need to get out? Maybe they're not rappers. Maybe they are something else. Like, do you have some advice for other people trying to get their story out? Absolutely. I would say start yesterday. You know, like if I could have, if I could play some of the tracks where they are today, right. In their final form, if I could play that for myself back in, in 2016, when I first decided like, you know, let me start writing some music that will capture this story. I would just be completely mind blown. I think I might even be more ter- more terrified to start this journey. Like, how am I going to get to that point, knowing where I am right now? And so I think myself in particular, and I, I believe this might resonate with a lot of people, is like we have the tendency to think about the, the end goal and the outcome, we look at the peak of the mountain and say, well, that's where I see myself and that's where I want to be. And that's great. And that's important. But then sometimes we get so caught up in, in the perfection of where we want to be that we lose sight of just the steps in front of us. And that kind of disempowers us from taking that first step. So like, you know, it, listen, I didn't even feel comfortable holding the title of, of rapper until like fairly recently, right? Because I was like, well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I write raps and I perform them or I say them to myself or whatever, or I record them, but I don't know if that makes me a, a rapper per se. And so like even something like that, for example, just shows you that, you know, I had this image of like, well, to be a rapper, I got to check all these boxes. It's like, not really. Or even like, why even hold up that, that false, limit, right? Like, I can just capture my story however I need to do it. Just get it down. Um, and, you know, things will reveal themselves to you when you start looking. So, I can't discover if I'm a rapper if I'm not ever writing anything. I can't just, you know, I can't just decide that I'm, that I'm going to be a motorcycle rider or something if I never get on a bike. So, if you're thinking about capturing your story, then tell your story. And whatever, there is no wrong format the only wrong format is not having one. And we have at our fingertips, we have access right now at this moment to so many ways to capture something. You know, you can use the library in some cases for, for free access to things. If you have a phone, you can record, whether it's voice notes, like voice memos, you can type messages, you can email yourself, you can, there's free apps for recording music. So, you know, you can take pictures and take pictures that represent different parts of your experience. So there's like, there's so many ways that we can start telling our story. I think the big message that I would say for folks is is just start. Yeah. I'm with you. And that's probably inspirational to, to a bunch of folks who are listening to this right now. Do you have folks, artists or educators that inspire you? Like people you try to emulate? 
or, you know, bite a little bit of their style? So, I mean, you know, obviously, like, everybody has their top five when we talk about, like, hip-hop specifically. I try, I try to take inspiration from folks, and I try to take, especially when I was first starting out, it was very helpful for me to take inspiration from folks as, as permission to do my thing. Cause like, like I said before, I had this kind of false limit where it was like, I got to check these boxes to be able to be this. So for me, sometimes, you know, listening to like Wale gets my MC brain going, black thought, like God tier MC, you know, I try to listen. I try to stay current as well. Listen to some of the new folks like little baby. Also like, Educate, you know, reading educators and learning from both our, like, educational ancestors as well as, as contemporary folks. So, like, the work of, of Chris Emden, Lisa Delpit, you know, going back to W.E.B. Du Bois and uh, Paolo Freire, you know. So, like, just reading a range of, of folks' work as well. Oh, um, Jose Wilson. And uh, the research of Travis Bristol, like, you know, so just trying to keep a varied palette as well of voices helps me. Because, like, I was about to say, I, I'll never say this, but I'm saying it right now. But, um, like, I might read a research paper and then sit down and, and, and write raps. Or, like, mm. I also might listen to, <laughs> I might listen to some Nas and then try to be like, okay, I got to go in. There's both extremes, as funny as that might sound. So. Now, that makes sense, man. Hey, are there are there songs? And I know everybody has their own favorites, and I'm not asking you to pick your favorite. That's that whole, you know, asking to pick favorite child thing. But are there songs that you think people would want to cue in on as soon as they as soon as they get the album? Wow. So that's a good question. Um, you know, I think the first song that I wrote for the album is Black on Purpose. And I will say, I'll admit, it's not it's sonically, like, there's a different one that I get in and I'm, I'm going to play in the car. <laughs> but I really appreciate that one because it is the first, it was my first crack at, like, just capturing this story and starting that. So I will say Black on Purpose helps to paint a picture of of what the whole album is is aiming for, I think. In terms of message, um, and then yeah, and then I would say Code Switch is that's like my favorite. That's sonically that's my that's my favorite one. But each 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 song like has a relation. I have a relationship with each song because you know there were some that came quite naturally that we kind of finished up and they were quick, and then there were others that I just. I would put it, you know, I would record it and then put it down. Now I send it out to some folks and be like, man, tell me what this sounds like. I might even send one to you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, but like, you know, and then get some feedback, go back in the lab or there was one that I just completely deleted. It was like, nope, we're starting from scratch. So I would also say I have my, you know, I have my picks, but I hope that folks can give it a listen to a point where they, they build their own connection and, and, you know, they can find a track or two that is relevant to their experience. And, you know, whether that's like, oh, this is what I listen to on my drive to school when I'm teaching or or this is what I listen to 
you know, at the end of my day to help me kind of collect my thoughts. So I hope that folks feel encouraged also to, to build their own relationships with the music. Mm-hmm. And recently, uh, back in back in October, Tyler James Williams, the, the actor from Abbott Elementary. So he, yep. he was quoted in, in, I want to say Black Enterprise, where he was saying that he wanted that once he found out that this this idea was out there for him, this role, that he wanted to give creativity to the average black male voice. And to hear like how it was so underrepresented that he wanted to make black men in teaching feel heard and seen, but brown men in teaching feel heard and seen through his through the create the creative way that he sort of embodied that character. That sounds a, a little bit like what you do through your music. You know, giving creativity yeah, to the average black black brown male voice. I see that. I I appreciate that connection. I really appreciate that role, that that character on on Abbott Elementary, especially just some of the topics that they're able to touch on. Like he had a phone call with his dad in the first season. Man, that was you know that that really resonated for for me and for others. I know for for some others that I'm connected with too. So like just some of the experiences that he goes through but also just knowing what it means to him on a deeper level is, is really cool. And yeah, that, that helped inspire me to, to keep going as well. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, as we're winding down, man, you have any last jewels of wisdom you want to drop on us? Any, any other things you want to share? Tell us where we can find the album, anything like that? Yeah, so I would just say, you know, educators are doing the work out here and it's just so important that we try to understand the stories and try to have, you know, the, a, a fuller picture of what folks are going through in the classroom and how important and impactful this work can be. And so, you know, I, I humbly present this story to, to you all, to the listening audience as a part of that narrative, whether that's, you know, affirming and supporting what you're going through right now, or whether that can help maybe challenge or or complicate some of the ideas that you already have. So salute to everybody that's in the classroom right now and everybody that's thinking about it. Um, you can find me on IG and Twitter at Mr. Carter Teach. I'm also accessible. You can email me, Mr. Carter Teach at gmail.com. And, uh, and yeah, I'm on streaming, all major platforms. It's M-R-C-R-T-R, Mr. Carter, no vowels. Well, M-R-C-R-T-R. You can find me on on your favorite streaming platform. All right. We appreciate you, man. Glad you got a chance to Likewise, come. Likewise, bro. Talk to us, man. This was this was awesome. I'm sure folks are inspired. They definitely going to if they haven't already gotten it, they they getting it right now. They on they online after they finish this. That's love. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Likewise. And thank you, audience, for coming through to join this episode of the Bondcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Corey Carter, accomplished educator and artist. I'm sure you can tell that from our conversation. You can get in touch with Corey at Mr. Carter Teach on IG and Twitter or Mr. Carter Teach at gmail.com or MRCRTR. That's Mr. Carter with no vowels, M-R-C-R-T-R, on your favorite streaming platform. And you can find out more about the Bond Project, including our blog, professional learning videos, 
and podcast at bondeducators.org online or at bondeducators on social media. Be on the lookout for that next episode. Probably be coming in a week. Usually it's every two weeks, but this was a special episode, so it'll probably come in next week. If you hit that subscribe button, you'll never miss it. We hope you get a chance to come through. Either way, we'll save a seat for you. And until then, peace and be safe.